0: Shalom and welcome to this week's Living Torah. Before we get into the Torah portion, uh, my thanks to Larry and Leanne up in Bassett, Virginia area, Grassy Creek, where uh, Barry Phillips' old stomping grounds there. We had an amazing time this past weekend, Friday night and into Shabbat. Uh, I'm sorry it was not recorded. It just was uh, one of those times that we just did not feel like it was supposed to be. So uh, the Father moved in the midst. So the great news is that we're planning to do something like this again. not sure how soon it's going to be, but uh, we will keep you informed in that. Uh, Also going to be right now kind of looking toward... Uh, Revive. I'm working with the guys. We're going to have uh, David Covert, my son Daniel, Ryan Cribs, Barry Phillips, and a whole group of people that are going to be gathered there at uh, Revive in Franklin, Tennessee. Every time I say that, it's hard to say Franklin, Tennessee and not Franklin, North Carolina. But if you have not registered, it's just about full, the last thing I heard. And so it's going to be great. I'm, I'm going to be out of the general sessions most of the time. Uh, they normally tag me to, take, to receive a few offerings. I'll probably do that. But for the most part, I'm going to be with the young adults and uh, those who I have... Uh, I have uh, offered that they could maybe have a fake ID <laughs> and come in and join us. So we'll see how that goes. A uh, number of things on the schedule coming up in uh, in the, the coming months. So a lot going on right now. The Connect Israel tour, we are within just a couple of people of being totally full. Okay, We have a full tour right now. But we, we, uh, I, I could fit in. I'd have to call and, and, uh, email, get some, some extra rooms. But for right now, it looks like we've got, uh, a, a full tour, a great group of people going. So we're looking forward to that. For those of you who have already, uh, asked about 2024, yes, uh, get your, get your, uh, some kind of savings account going, get your passport, all those things. Uh, we have it. It appears at this moment that we're getting close to a full tour for 2024, and because of the dates of Thanksgiving and and various things going on, we're probably going to be doing a tour in September prior to the fall festivals, which is going to be a new one for Honolk and myself. So uh, uh, the information will be out out on that Uh, if you're interested in being on a waiting list for that, to information, kind of uh, kind of reserve your spot without reserving your spot, just send me an email, be glad to do that. We're going to get into the book of Bamidbar, Numbers, chapter 8, verse 1 through chapter 12, through verse 16. And it says, uh, Ave said to Moshe, Tell Aaron, when you set up the lamps, the seven lamps are to cast their light forward in front of the menorah. This is one of those. Uh, this is the second time this is mentioned in scripture. The other one is in Exodus. About the lamps, the, the lights shining forward. And the, it, it's, I, I think that uh, I, I'm going to actually side with King James on this one a little bit. That the word that uh, that is translated in King James is light. But yet, I do totally understand why David Stern chose to use this word set up. The word in Hebrew is uh, Ein Lamed He, which is Allah, uh, not the false god of Islam, but a Hebrew word, which we would also see as Aliyah, uh, which means to ascend, to go up. And this is, uh, I think, the most fascinating thing about this word is the first time that it's used really gives us the connotation for the word. And it's found in the book of Bereshit, Genesis, when it says that the mist went up. What did that mist do? Well, today we see the rain comes down, but in that day the mist went up and it watered the garden so it was uh this is a word that is actually uh bringing forth this idea of the realms of the natural and the realm of the spiritual coming together to bring life of course any time we talk about the menorah which is one of my favorite subjects regarding the tabernacle out of a lot of favorite subjects i i got that but we'd have to go over to isaiah chapter 11 and it says that a shoot will go forth from the trunk of Jesse. And it is the what is called the seven spirits of Ute Vavhe and at life assembly, as well as in uh, at House of David, and I think a couple of other congregations I know of. Uh, I know we actually light the menorah, asking that the Father would give us the seven spirits. And of course, this is you know one of those areas we could talk about that uh, he, he is revealed to us in seven different ways. This doesn't make Him seven different gods, but it is seven different revelations of who He is. And these seven spirits, if we study these, uh, these seven, it is the completion of everything that we would need in life. Everything from his, just him, him, his person resting upon us. When you read the, the seven spirits that are listed there in Isaiah eleven. At first, you think, wait a minute, it's only six. But the, it begins with the relationship with Him, with the person of Yudhevavhe, and goes all the way through these to the uh, the spirit of fear of Him, of reverencing Him, and everything that is between those—the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding—all of those things. There, that is what is is like the the. It's like the meat between the two pieces of bread you need both, but everything that we need for our lives, wisdom, understanding, counsel, all of that is right there within the in the the understanding of who he is, but also having a reverent fear of him and never losing that. Um, it says that the light is to shine forward. And I, I it still it kind of brings a, a little bit of a, a smile to my face. The first time I was standing with Moshe Kempinski in Israel, and I said, what does this mean? Is this actually what it means in Hebrew? And, and he looked at me and he said, where, where did you see that? Where? Yes, that's what it actually means. And uh, it was a revelation for him, as well as many other people. That the the menorah is this wonderful picture to us. That uh, I think it's in Psalm one nineteen that his his uh, his lamp and his light is to be. It is to shine upon our forward progress in life. That we are uh, we are to always be moving forward. And if we if we decide to go backwards, we're going to do so in uh, in, in darkness. I think about driving your car. You turn the headlights on. What are they called? Headlights. Why? Because the car manufacturer has just figured out that uh, you're going to be driving the car more in drive than you're going to be in reverse. Now, if, if you happen to, to come up on a dead end or something, yes, there are lights, but they don't shine very far because the manufacturer of the car understands you bought that car to take you forward in life. And the menorah is telling us that the Father gives us the light to move us forward. But it's interesting if we look at the picture that is here, Of it says that the light is to shine forward. So what is forward in the tabernacle? If we see that the menorah, is on the uh, the left side if we were looking at it, you could see the menorah on the left. Well, what's on the right side? It is the bread of presence, the table of showbread, which is known as the bread of faces. So the menorah and all that the menorah is is actually there to illuminate the face of Messiah and bring us the revelation of who he is. Which, if we take that over into uh, into Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3, and we le- read about the seven kahalim, the seven kahal, the seven congregations, what is, what is happening here? He is revealing himself to each one of them based upon where they are and where he desires them to be, and he gives them the consequences of for not moving forward in that revelation and in that relationship, interesting enough, that the people, the Hebrews as a whole, would never see any of this. You know, they would bring their offering to the altar. Uh, if I'm right, and this is a uh, in the the uh, the veil, the curtains would be you would actually be able to see through them at some at some times maybe um that they they might get a a bit of a glimpse into that but it would be I, i don't really know what's there and so the ones that are going in there are the levites and so the levites are to receive the revelation that i just gave you what are they supposed to do with that The Levites were to be the revelation of Isaiah chapter 11. They were to be the revelation of the table of showbread, the bread of faces. And they were to come forth from that place and become the revelation of Messiah in the people, to the people in the camp. This kind of a uh, this one, I I think a lot of people have an issue with this. That uh, well, let's let's take it into another realm here. They were to be the pastors. They were to be the shepherds. They were to be the ones that were were receiving the revelation, and then feeding it to the flock. Now, why is it that it was like because? Every person in the camp had something different going on. For some, uh, you know, these the Levites uh, they were they were to be the counselors. They were to be not just the the people that are you know that are providing all these things. They were not just to to be the ones directing the sacrifice, but their lives were to be intertwined with the people in the camp. Therefore, getting to know them and, you know, bringing forth when a a person had an issue that needed counsel, they could give that counsel because they had been in the presence of the one who was that counsel. You know, I I know, I got it, that in this, uh, in in this walk that we have and because of all the abuse that has been through the years, people say, well, I just want to go to God. But that, that's not really his, his, his pattern that he also wants us to have. And I'm not saying that people should not be, you know, in, in prayer, seeking relationship, all of those things. Not saying that. But it also is telling us that we should not be that lone ranger kind of person that is that is, not, uh, is not interacting with other people there should be we should be seeking out leadership in our lives we should be seeking out those that we can receive counsel from we can receive encouragement from we can receive understanding we can receive wisdom but how that goes against our society today be- why because let's let's face it we don't, people as a whole, do not trust people. And that's tragic. That in itself keeps us from being able to feel, fulfill what the Father desires in our lives. If there is, is one thing that I, I think that you know, congregations and, and you know, for, for all of us, we need to learn how to trust one another. And that's going to take going through some things. That's going to take going through some difficulties in our lives. So when difficulties come, maybe it's, it, maybe it's not about us. Maybe the, the issue that we've had to, to walk through has really nothing to do with us, but it has to do with a bigger picture of finding out. Who it is in our lives that we can trust, who we can count on, who we can lean on, who we can receive counsel from. There's a lot of things going on here. Now, for the Levites, what would become the uh, the, the leaders later on, we would see that uh, if you go to verses in Jeremiah, specifically Jeremiah ch- chapter 23, it is the infamous chapter about the so-called greater Exodus. But the greater exodus begins with an admonition uh, correction to the shepherds of that day that they were basically um, stealing from the flock. They were not doing their jobs. they had set themselves up in in a place to where the the, the sheep were to support them. The sheep were to be; they, they were uh, well, they're they're just flat flat wicked, is what the scripture calls them. Uh, you look over at Ezekiel chapter thirty four, calls them evil, wicked shepherds that have instead of providing for the flock are fleecing the flock. And because of that, the the ramifications of this we see today that in religious systems, and and I could say religious systems of of Judaism of Christianity, uh, I dare say even Hebrew roots, uh, Messianic uh, areas, we still see the, the at times the, the fleecing of the flock. If people stand up and, and make want to make a name for themselves. Uh, the, the prosperity of the, uh, well, it's, it's said from uh, from one place, it used to be said, the prosperity of the pulpit on the backs of those in the pews. tragic why because it keeps people from reaching their full potential no matter how how close we want to get to the to the father we still need each other folks we need each other we need to learn to trust and to count on each other uh no matter what now i've got a number of places to go here uh the in uh the end of chapter eight is this thing of the uh, the priest or to begin uh, when they reach the age of twenty-five, and then they're to, in a way, retire. I guess when they're age fifty. Uh, I've kind of gone past that one a little bit, but uh, this is the we we don't have this system in place to where people can do this. But it's not a retirement, actually. In fact, the word retirement is not in Scripture anywhere, and it, this is not based. This is not a, a retirement either. This is a change of focus of your life. For the Levites, when they reached the age of fifty, they were no longer going to be uh, actively involved in the sacrifices and the trimming of the wicks of, of all of those things. but rather, their focus would, would return would would change into pouring their lives, into others who would then be raised up to do those works this is the this is the verse these are the verses that uh, that I use for this concept that you've heard me teach on the rising generation that I, I tell the youth you are not the next generation you're a rising generation and so this is this is the the set of verses that I use in order to show that we are to, at all times, be pouring our own lives into other people's lives, being actively involved. Pretty much it comes down to this. We are to be working ourselves out of a job. That's what parenting is. Uh, Parents, It's as difficult as it is, your job is to work yourself out of a job. And so if your children are, you know, uh, are adults or, or farther along and they're still acting like children, well, you need to go back and fix some things. Work yourself out of a job to where you just kind of, you know, you're there to provide wisdom, you're there to provide nurturing, you're, you're there to provide, uh, you know, whatever they may need, but it's not that they are leaning on you but it's more—it's a change of conversation. Uh, in that, I—I I had the—I've got this amazing opportunity now in Life on Purpose. And if you've never listened to or watched Life on Purpose, I, I just the, this episode this this past—I uh, actually we, re- we recorded it last night and it's uploading as as I speak right now. Um, it was as when I turned it off. I, I think it was Ryan that said that's my favorite program. We talked about the, the the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and then all of a sudden, it was like the Father just invaded it, the the our conversation, and had done so much in our lives, and we just began to brag upon Him. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing time. But what I'm get, what I'm loving is I look back over. Uh, it's been almost a year that we've had this program. We did episode number thirty five last night. And I'm actually, I'm trying to work myself out of a job. Uh, I'm, I'm able to just sit back and, and do more watching what's going on than have to be actively involved in the conversation. Uh, it's, it's just an amazing thing. That, this is the set of verses that I use for that. Now, it, uh, it goes on and says, and talks about the, the moving with the cloud, in uh, chapter 9 again verse i'm going to read uh, verses 22 and 23 and it says uh, whether it was 2 days a month or a year that the cloud remained over the tabernacle staying on it the people of Israel remained in camp and did not travel but as soon as it was taken up they traveled at Udayavave's order they camped at Udayavave's order they traveled and they did what Udayavave had charged them to do through through Moshe Okay, again, this, this earthly relationship that is, that is part of our heavenly relationship. He never takes us away from that. He always places us within those things of relationships upon this earth are very important for our relationship with him. I think that the the greater our relationship with each other, the greater our relationship will be with Him. Now, this this is a, a very simple thing that we should we need to make sure that we're moving with the cloud and not with a formula. What do I mean by that? Uh, I as well as you have gone through the last twenty something years. Of, uh, you know, this is going to happen, and there's, and I'm not speaking against anyone uh, regarding this, but, you know, I I go back to, you know, 88 reasons why Messiah would return in 88, followed by 89 reasons he will return in 89. Uh, I I don't make fun of anybody that that, that is looking forward to Messiah's return. I do believe that if you set a date, then you've gone outside of the boundaries that the Scripture tells us. Uh, we're not to to set dates specifically, and then say, "Well, this is how it's going to be." No, and that doesn't mean we can't come up with some some timelines and things like that 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 show us that yes, we're in. I believe we're in that time. But when you know, in, in the the wilderness, I'm kind of thinking. That there was probably somebody there that said, you know, I've, I've got this figured out. But we moved after we, we camped, and then it was two days, and then the next time it was this amount of days, and then we step, stayed this amount of days. And I figured out a formula for it, and I now know when we're going to be moving the next time and which direction we're going to go. Uh, no, no. Any time that we, that we get a formula... <laughs> It, he somehow just kind of says, No, that's not the way it should be. So be careful. Be careful of formulas for anything in our lives, especially anything that has to do with our relationship with the Almighty. Um, he's kind of like the anti formula one, and is anytime you got one, he's going to do something to mess it up. Now, there's a, a, a set of uh, verses here. I've been waiting for months literally I have been waiting since before this Torah portion started to get to these verses and it is in uh, in Bamidbar chapter 10 and it says in what is it uh verse 35 when the ark moved forward Moshe said arise Vave, may your enemies be scattered let those who hate you flee before you when it stopped he said return Vave." of the many, many thousands of Israel. Now, what is interesting about this set of verses is that it is bracketed, and it's bracketed with inverted noons. Uh, You can go online and you can do your own set. It goes on forever, it seems like, with these inverted noons. But this is a, uh, a very interesting set of verses with these inverted noons. Those that say, well... Pray for your peace. We'll hear your people weep. Oh, Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem. How I love for you. to He's at your walls. To walk on your streets. It was just a, a, a scribal thing or it really doesn't mean a lot, but I don't believe that at all. I think everything in Scripture has meaning, but we're not really sure of the meaning. So what I'm going to say to you is speculation. Now, to understand this a little bit, go with me to the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 9, there is a verse, verse 1, that may give us a little bit of insight into this. Wisdom. Wisdom is, of course, one of the spirits that is revealed on the menorah. It is also synonymous, if we go into the first chapters of Proverbs, it is a a synonym for the Torah itself. Wisdom has built herself a house, Going back to Bereshit, the, the bait, and everything that came out of the father's house. So, wisdom has built herself a house. She has carved her seven pillars. It goes on from there. Now, this is, again, this is some speculation. This is some rabbinic writing that I'm bringing in. I, I'm not teaching any of this as doctrine. But it is taught, based upon this verse of Proverbs 9, one going back that this is an insight into the verses of Bamidbar chapter 10 and the inverted noons that the Torah does not actually have five books but it is seven books mm, okay let's let's take that apart now that there is a hidden book it is taught, that that book will only be revealed at the, uh, with Messiah. That, that book of the Torah will be revealed at the manifestation of, specifically, and I'm kind of adding some of my own theology here, the manifestation of Messiah ben David, Messiah the son of David, the conquering king now where do we go from there that these if, if that is true then the book of bemidbar is actually two books one that is prior to bemidbar chapter 10 verse 35 where the inverted noon is and the other one starting in chapter 11 where the other inverted noon is and then that would, there would be a book that is within the inverted noons and that would be that would give us seven books of the torah what an interesting thought here's here's another and this is this kind of runs down my own uh, some of my own thinking here again i'm i'm speculating I mean, and i don't know if i'm right or wrong i'll find out in the end but there is an idea that these verses are floating and they can, the, the bracketing of these verses, what is happening within these verses, can be taken out and placed any time in the history of exile. Consider that one for a moment. Let me, let me explain. that These verses can be used, and there can, they, can, they can be the, the brackets over the time of uh, of Haman. That there is that, that he is these are sections of time in which it appears that that he enters into that moment in time in a very unique manner. So these these inverted noons can be bracketed around the time of Babylon. They could actually go back backwards in scripture because there's no real you know to to him there is no past present and future there is just present everything to you vave is present and so these verses can be can can float back to the time of of noah with the ark they can go to the time of egypt and we can see that no matter what it is, no matter how dark it is, even during the time like the show of the Holocaust, World War II, the time of the Inquisition, various ish, various times in history, we see after we go through it all that though it looked very dark and that maybe uh, he he was not, it did not appear that he was working. To scatter the enemies and to make those who hate him flee, but as we look through and we see, we, we look at history in the rearview mirror. I mean, go think about it. How we we had to we were at the VA hospital yesterday. Thank you for those who have been uh, praying for Kathy. Those have sent. Uh, uh, you know, your, uh, your, your prayers, emails saying you were praying, uh, again, I, I can't go into a lot of the specifics, but she's, she's on the mend. Um, as I was, I was, I was going to, to get the car yesterday. I walked by a gentleman and, you know, it's, it's, you go to a VA hospital and, um, it, it's a sad situation with a lot of people. But this gentleman was walking toward me, and I, I love to see the different hats that people are wearing. You know, there's, of course, the different branches of service, but uh, then you will see those that have a Vietnam hat and some that have Desert Storm or Desert Shield. Uh, the thing that you don't see very often anymore at the VA is World War II. And I looked up, and this gentleman uh, Obviously, probably in his 80s, was it looked like he was in fairly good health for, for where he was at. Um, he was walking toward me with a World War II hat on. And I just, <laughs> the, the emotion that I felt in that moment to see this man and, and to consider just in, in this brief time that I saw him, I just considered all the things that he had seen in his life, all the things he had been through that he had been part of this war, uh, that in the midst of it, I mean, people had to be asking, as they were in, in the uh, the concentration camps, where is God? Where is he? Where, where are the verses of, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, his seed begging for bread? Where is the protection of Psalm 91? Where is the, the the one who says that he will make our enemies flee from us? Where where is he at in this dark time? But now we get on the other side and we see that he was right there in the midst of people. We 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 can hear and read the, the stories of the, the Anne Franks and the Cory Tin booms and, and, and all the things that were happening as the Father was pouring out of His Spirit through people to destroy the evil of that day and then make a way for other things to happen. I mean, we, we all know the birth of Israel came out of World War II. It came out of the Shoah. It came out of the Holocaust. And so where was He? He was right there in the midst. So these these words are these are verses that can can be taken and kind of floating into every aspect every place of history we will be able to see that the the, the that that event that moment in time that period of time always was bracketed within those inverted noons now the noon, is a, is a fascinating letter. It literally means life. But if, if we look at that letter, we could almost get this idea of, of two, and I didn't read this, but I'm just kind of, this is on the fly here, uh, of two arms that are reaching out. The noon is the end of the noon would literally be like, uh, like a yod. It is a yod with a longer staff on it ah we can go somewhere there so the yod is the hand so these inverted noons are almost as if the father is saying around this moment in time that you're going through around this 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 tragedy that you are going through or have gone through or will go through look for my arms look for me Because I've got you. I'm bracketing this time. And I'm holding you. And though it is a tragic time. You're not alone. You're not alone. Now there are. I I, I think to to take this back to what I was talking about originally. That he also uses other people. That will reach out their arms. You know uh, Yeshua talked about. Uh, he says, you know, he was asked, when did we bring you a, a cup of water? When did we do these things? And he says, as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So when we reach out to someone, what are we doing? We're literally reaching out with his arms unto another person's life to show how important we are? No. But to show his love to someone. So, this gives you something to kind of consider a little bit as you read through this uh, this Torah portion. Now, chapter eleven, uh, the, the kind of the wheels are going to fall off the bus here, as it says that they begin complaining about their hardships. Okay, give me a break. As we read through these, the, this this them being directed. Through the wilderness, there is a pillar of fire by night, a cloud by day, which is directing them from place to place. Every day, they get up and there's manna on the ground, except on Shabbat, and they've been given an extra portion on the sixth day in order to hold them through on the, on the Shabbat. So they don't have to go to the grocery store. They don't have to go out and forage for food. Uh, There is a a river that is following them from Mount Sinai. So they don't have to go out and find their water. They don't have to dig wells. It's all provided for them. Uh, their, Their clothing is not wearing out. Their shoes are not wearing out there is no disease in the camp so would someone please point out to me the hardships that they're complaining about i've taught on this so many times the verses of isaiah that he talks about those who complain i will teach them a lesson i think that sometimes Maybe more often than sometimes, the things that we go through in our lives are brought on by our own complaining. Wouldn't that be something? That the issues that we deal with—maybe you're going, maybe you go through a, a, a time of financial hardship—and and find out later on uh, when you when you look at it in the brackets, well. The reason he put me there is because I was complaining about what was going on over here. Yeah, maybe a lot of things in life is that we reap what we sow and that the complaining and grumbling about things that, let's face it, folks, I'm speaking specifically to Americans, uh, that which people in the United States complain about is what many in other countries would think is the greatest riches. Why is it that we have people trying to get over the border of the United States? Because of what they, I I got the political thing, I'm not going there, but for the most part, what is it, why is it that people break into this country? Who's trying to break into Russia? Who's trying to break into Cuba? I, I have never read a single report, I don't think, of anyone trying to break into North Korea. It just doesn't happen. That which we take for granted on a daily basis is that which people will tr- will give their lives to try to achieve. They'll put their own life at risk just to have a taste of of what many people here in the United States grumble and complain about on a daily basis. Well, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I had to, to buy the brand of toilet paper that I don't like. Really? You, you want to go with that one? You really want to go with that? I had to, you know, I just, that, the, the bread that I like to eat, they just don't have it anymore. Well, you you want to go with that one? Or you want to be thankful for whatever we have? Uh, he he's, I'll give you an insight into. Uh, there's a lot of things I don't know about uh, about the Almighty, about our Creator, but there's a couple things that I have figured out. Number one is He responds better to thanksgiving than He does to complaining. Now He they go on and say it's, it's, it's the mixed multitude, the mixed crowd. Uh, Okay, the mixed crowd. This is this has been blamed. This is now blamed on the Egyptians that were grafted in, adopted into the family. You know, the the mixed multitude that left Egypt is them that's causing all the problems. Yeah, right. I do, I don't really believe that. It's it's more of a mixed multitude of those who are thanks, who, who are thankful, and those that are complaining. And I'm not sure that uh, that their their uh, their nation of birth really had much to do with that. It was their attitude. There was a mixed crowd regarding the attitude of people, and it's because you know when it says that when you go back and read it, uh, all the things that they had. Well, you know the the Hebrews had those same things too. Okay. But uh, they they also had hardships in the in, in Egypt. They're not remembering that very well. So, what's the essence of this? It is it is uh, summed up in a couple of verse in a couple of words here in verse five. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt. It cost us nothing. Ah, insight into the motivation. It cost us nothing. There were no responsibilities. They, they got up every day and were told what to do. They were told everything. They didn't, have to, they didn't have to go and ask about how to live their lives. They were told what to do on a moment-by-moment basis. And if they did not do what they were told to do, they came in with stripes on their back that evening. But then they receive the Torah. And what does the Torah do? The Torah makes us think. It makes us act responsibly. It, it asks us to be responsible. It, it's simple to go in to, to eat kosher. This is nothing against kosher restaurants, but it's, it's easy to eat kosher in a kosher restaurant. If I go to, there's one over in, in Greenville. There's there's a few. I mean, I, uh, I go to Israel, and I don't have to think at all when I'm when I'm in Israel. Uh, I go to the to the restaurant. I'm at the buffet at the Shah Shamron or the Lev Yerushalayim or wherever I'm at. I don't have to go to anybody and ask anything. I just eat. There's no responsibility there, but. When I'm in America, I have to I have to ask some questions. I have to ask: Are the are the refried beans do you do you use lard? I have to ask: Are the what's what's in the the tamales? I have to ask all these different things. I was yesterday. I went by. I went to the grocery store and went to the little buffet thing there, and they've got egg rolls. And I had to ask: Is what's in the egg roll? If I was in Israel, I wouldn't have to ask what's in the egg roll. Because there's no responsibility. So what were they doing? They were saying, We think we are looking at the life that we did not have any responsibilities. But they also didn't have any the blessings of miracles, did they? See with responsibility, with embracing responsibility comes the embracing of blessings. Now the the chapter goes on and talks about the quail. <laughs> and th- this is kind of one of those almost funny has some, some kind of funny thoughts to it here. But the at the end of their time of grumbling and complaining, the Almighty says, Okay, you want meat? Alright, I'm gonna give you meat. And they're like, Yes, hamburgers. Quail, whatever, we're gonna get some meat. No more of this old, you know, this, this detestable stuff called manna, this angel food that, that tastes like sweet coriander. No, no more that we're gonna get some quail. And they're all, you know, they're, they're all excited about their, the time of quail that's coming. They start preparing for quail. Well, let's go down to verse 33. But while the meat was still in their mouth, before they had chewed it up, the anger of Yudeh Vave flared up against the people, and vave struck the people with a terrible plague. He will give us out of our grumbling and complaining. And at first we might think, Wow, I got my way. Yeah, I got I got my way. You ever did that with your children? And growing they, they, they bothered you so much that you finally said. Okay, if that's what you want, then I'm going to let you have it. But you know the consequences on the other end. And you know the consequences are going to be such that they're going to come back and say, Why didn't you tell us no in the first place? I did. Like 143 times. I told you no. But you kept asking. You kept asking for something that I knew was not going to be profitable and a blessing to you. But because you wouldn't listen, I went ahead and let you go on your own. And now, you're coming complaining about the consequences? No. No, you're going to have to, for a time, you're going to have to endure the consequences of not trusting that he has his arms around you. All right. Lastly, I got two minutes to do this. Is the whole thing about Moshe and um, and, or Miriam and Aaron and Moshe, and it says you know he married the Ethiopian, the the Cushite woman, whatever. They they were jealous. They it, it comes down to this simple, very basic thing. They were jealous of their brother, and because of that, look who got in trouble. You know, jealousy is something that today is still giving us major problems. Uh, it's easy. I mean, I can look around and see uh, congregations that are bigger than mine, ministries that are bigger. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe that's maybe people are given things to test me to see if I will be jealous. And maybe jealousy... Of what the Father has given to someone else. Is a blockage for us receiving the blessing. I, I, I saw this years ago with a friend of mine who had he sold it. Now a yellow Corvette. It's like, wow, I don't have a yellow Corvette. I wouldn't want a yellow Corvette if I if I could afford one. I don't like Corvettes to begin with. The new ones are kind of nice. but And the very old ones. But uh, the I, 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 I wouldn't want one anyway. It was like, you know, well, God, you're blessing that person. Okay, well, I, I, this is one of those days that I, I heard this kind of in my spirit. I gave him that Corvette, not because of him, but to test you. Yeah. What is it that you're jealous over in someone else's life? Maybe that jealousy is that which is blocking the blessings from flowing into your life. Principle for life. Do not become jealous over someone else's blessings. Celebrate their blessings. For maybe in celebrating those blessings, you're going to unlock the blessings in your own life. Well, Shabbat Shalom. Shavua Tov. Have a blessed, prosperous week. Bez Hashem, God willing. See you again next week. And you know what I'm going to say. Until then. As always, be strong.